Enterprise Digital Podcast with Ian Aitchison and Barclay Ray, navigating the ever-expanding service management maze. Hello, and it's another episode and probably the last of 2022 of the Enterprise Digital Podcast. I am still Barclay Ray and I'm still joined as ever by Ian Aitchison. Ian, how are you doing? Oh, ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, at least you're not wearing a Christmas costume or whatever like he did last year. Oh, no, he's going to put it on now. I have it right Um, here, but I'm not wearing it, Barclay, but... Didn't mean... um, I could, complete with the beard. Those of you listening can't see, but I have the beard as well. It's a great suit for radio, that. Um, This is episode 60, and we're delighted to be talking to you at the end of this particular year our second year and we've probably done less podcasts over the last year just slightly less than we did in the first where we um, burst into existence Um, and that's been for a whole number of reasons but we are just talking about our plans for the next year and we are hopefully going to be continuing to um, come up with some entertaining and interesting uh, content around service management around enterprise service management whatever we're going to call it that's that, that that's there. We've had some great guests on this year, which we're going to talk about. Ian, what's your initial thoughts on on hitting the sixty landmark uh, this year? What a journey it's been! And actually, it's not that few podcasts we've done in the last year. We've done twenty two episodes, uh, which is you know, it's pretty good going actually. Twenty two different guests have joined us from across the. IT slash service slash experience slash digital transformation mm. industry space world, which is great. I mean, we've had uh, people from all sorts of different industries, uh, whether that's from analyst organizations, from the UK NHS, consultants, practitioners, all sorts of different people with different perspectives and opinions, which has been great. So, hey, thanks to everybody that guested this year. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'd add to that that at two of the big trade shows, we principally, I did, but Ian joined me on on a few. We did a number of video interviews as well at the SIT show and at the Pink conference this summer. So there is that. It's there on YouTube. But um, let's get back to um, this episode. Um, first and foremost, the important stuff. Trivia, do you have any? Yes. Yeah, i got a sort of end of year trivia. And it's not really trivia as such, but it's something that I mentioned a few times in trivia introductions over the year i kept coming back to it and no it's not lab grown meat although that still is a uh, a fascinating area but you know if we're wrapping up the year if there's been anything that seemed trivial which actually is incredibly impactful on all of us and i think next year we'll really start to see that it has been this year's development of what i'll loosely refer to as artificial intelligence so what I was bringing to this, I was going to talk about ChatGPT, which has been out mm. for a little while now. So that's, listeners, I know that's not new. It's been a few weeks. I've been having a lot of fun with ChatGPT. Have, have you seen it at all, Barclay? Have you played with it? I have, but I instantly rejected it as being whimsy and for a pretty... No, I have I have started to, to look at it. I've got a sign-on. I've played around a little bit, but to be honest, I need to do a little bit more of that. I, I mean, I certainly found it quite astonishingly good at coming up with some sensible well-written stuff 
but the question is then how do you make sure you're going to distinguish what we might write as human beings with uh, what what comes out of that i have no so idea many, how it works <laughs> yeah but, there's so many dimensions to not just chat gpt but the whole journey that that technology is on i mean previous trivia as i mentioned um dally and mid-journey and stable diffusion which are the type a sentence and get the art back get the illustration back get the unique and uniquely created artwork produced instantly from your words which is just mind-blowing and of course now with what was there was character ai which is incredible but then chat gpt you're getting these responses back which are again are quite mind-blowing and I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples one everybody's talking about how school kids and students are realizing that a lot of the answers to their homework questions can be produced very easily using this whether that's mathematical challenges or philosophical essays or historical descriptions now it's not 100 percent accurate but it moves into this whole debate of if you're allowed a calculator in a maths exam are you allowed an ai in an english exam it starts to is it a tool that enhances us or is it cheating and why is it cheating why is it even cheating and the other i'll share two other fascinating things about this and as you can tell you know this really gets me going it's really interesting one is many of those listening of course work in the the service and often it service related industry high up there folks if you have people in your it organization that write scripts that write code the right simple or even more complex code. Maybe it's Python, maybe it's C++, maybe it's PowerShell, all of these things that, that IT techies write to, to manage their environment. I don't know if you've tried, but you could just ask ChatGPT to write them. And it's frightening how accurate and good it is at coming back with these, these code snippets and it describes how they work and you can then ask it to adjust it to include something else or work a different way. And that's when the light starts to come on. You know, this is this is really impactful in lots of different ways. And so I said there were two things. The last thing I'll finish on, because it would it would not be trivia without some trivial nonsense. So I asked ChatGPT to write us a poem, Barkley. I said, hey, ChatGPT, write a poem about the Enterprise Digital Podcast. I didn't give it any other information. That's all I said. Do you want to hear it? Well, I suppose we're going to hear it whether I want to or not. So absolutely. <laughs> it's not very good. Go on, here we go. Po poetry on our podcast. There's a first. Okay. Enterprise Digital Podcast, a treasure trove of insights and knowledge, a source of inspiration and guidance for those seeking, seeking to navigate the digital age. From cloud computing to cybersecurity, from data analytics to AI, the Enterprise Digital Podcast covers it all, helping listeners stay ahead of the game. With expert guests and engaging hosts, well, it's wrong there, the Enterprise Digital Podcast is a must-listen for anyone looking to succeed in the world of business in a rapidly changing world of technology. That's a bit weak. So don't miss out. Tune in today and join the Enterprise Digital community for insights, ideas, and inspiration on the path to digital success. How about that? <laughs> well, I mean, it sounds brilliant. It's First of all, it's not a poem. I mean, it's you know, well, with the a, iambic pentameter is, yeah, is it, it seriously not, missing. It may not um, scan perfectly, but no, it's it, it, if you think about what it said, I didn't give it any background. Yeah, it's gone and found stuff and yeah. and made something of it. Yeah. I suppose that's that's the test then, isn't it? Of of you know, the risk I suppose is that it goes 
and find stuff that's not completely correct and, and we rely on it too much. Okay. So I guess the human part is how do we check? I mean, I think for producing that sort of thing, like copy content, fantastic. I, you know, but as long as somebody's then going right and we read it and check it, is mm. it and maybe change it a little bit and amend it. Wow, amazing. Uh, maybe we should have a, a tri an AI trivia bot, you know, that just produces, you know, ra rather than you going searching for it every week, you could, you could just set it up every week to go like find Replaces something that's, me. Yes, indeed. that's marginally <laughs> revolting, that's slightly interesting and different. <laughs> Mildly <than you>. revolting. <laughs> Great. Okay, right. Well, let's let's put that aside and then we'll get into our main conversation. We don't have a an extra guest this year. It's just us. We're going to review a few of the um, highlights of the year and I have a few thoughts for next year. Okay, so AI bots aside, we've had, a, a, I'd say, a really diverse year in terms of what we've done on this podcast we've had an hr consultant we've had a you know coach mentor type we've had simon wardley and his maps we've had alan nance and his xlas we've had all sorts of different types of different types of people on over the year what are the kind of two or three highlights from your perspective uh ian you know in terms of things yeah. where we've uh, talked to people and we've got we've had a really kind of light bulb conversation or a few highlights, just picking them out, really. Um, quite a recent one, episode 58. Uh, Simon Wardley, thank you so much for coming on the show, Simon. Mapping with Simon Wardley, that's always been a, a fascinating topic anyway, and slightly confusing and complicated. It was great to have uh, Simon come on board and talk about how that all works. I thought that was really good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, you know, just going to say that, that it was really kind of illuminating and, and simple, and I find myself... Last week at a kind of strategy meeting, producing a version of one of those, probably not formally correct in any way, but I, I used the, you know, the idea of moving from the left-hand side, which is organic to commodity and thinking about proximity relationships, all that sort of thing. And it did, it certainly helped me understand and present what we're talking about a lot better and and I've, I've kind of resolved to maybe join some of his uh his communities and and learn a little bit more about that put it that way yeah that's certainly true and I, I i like those those sorts of kind of um strategy looking into the future type topics so that was really good that was great another one or two i'm in fact i'll call one other out and then a theme that i've seen developing perhaps all the way back to the beginning of the year yeah, we had Sally Bogg join us. Yep, she was involved with the UK National Health Service and the rollout of various apps and services mm. during the COVID pandemic. She joined them just as the pandemic hit, and obviously, a year ago from now, that was very, very relevant. Slightly less so now, but it's still pretty close. And she had some amazing stories of people just getting the job done, and all the rules being thrown out the window, and people just working insanely hard to produce things at remarkable speed that delivered real value to real people, like real life saving value to real people. Uh, and it all came down to individuals in their bedrooms and in their kitchens on their ironing boards with their laptops, just getting on and getting the job done from anywhere. It's most impressive. It was, I saw Sally at the Uchiza conference in the summer 
and you know she was expanding with some of her team on on some of those messages really really came home but yeah that whole thing about we didn't need to have a mission statement because everybody just understood what it was about i mean that stayed with me actually i think actually this session we did with karen ferris also effectively said the same thing you know it's like if, if you've got something that everybody understands and wants to do it's so much easier you don't have to have the same amount of rules and communications and all sorts of things because everybody just instinctively is working towards the same goal and, and that that was a really impressive thing about that curious to see as well you know how the actual for those outside the uk the national health service is in a bit of a mess at the moment and there's lots of challenges with with how that's run and how people are treated and paid and so on but um on the digital side i think they are and i do work with some of the other trusts see how that's developing it's it's still a very complex and and quite chaotic organization in many ways because it's not one organization it's hundreds or thousands of organizations but it's definitely great to have a single purpose Mm -hmm. that certainly came through and then there was one single theme i think that grew through the year in our podcasts that perhaps i i wasn't expecting to grow in the way that it did and so when i ask you barkley what do you think is the topic that we found ourselves talking about more than we anticipated we would well there's a few areas that we've been talking about people and how we manage people and how people are looked after that's that's probably been the the thing that's crept through we've certainly talked about experience and that's included Mm -hmm. people and not just our customers which is obviously important but also the experience of our our people again so i think it's somewhere in one of those topics. Yeah, that's that's my thought as well. I think the people thing has been fairly constant throughout our podcast journey so far. But what has come in this year, I think much more has been this recognition on the experience side of it. Um, talked about just, you know, scanning through all of the episodes and the, the different people that have talked about it, whether it's, you know, Greg Sanker was talking about it, whether it was, he says, stalling while he scrolls for the next one. Um, I now can't find it. There were about three or four where experience came came out. Alan Nance, of course. Wow, Alan came on board. I was talking about that. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because we started with the focus on enterprise service management, didn't we? And that hasn't exactly gone away. But what it's what we've done is we've added to it an understanding of the enterprise experience of people trying to do their jobs. And how hard that can be. Yeah, our last session that we did with Duncan um, from Forrester. Yeah. You know, we were talking about not just, well, the difference between how we manage customer experience and employee experience. And, you know, there's a Venn diagram there of things that cross over, but there are differences in there. So, I mean, the whole experience, I mean, I suppose experience management is the thing, you know, that combined with, AI and automation, as we were talking about at the start, these mm. are the two kind of big current things yeah. that everybody's talking about. I think experience management is still in, in its kind of probably beyond infancy, but it, it, it's certainly at the stage where there's lots of different ways it can go. There are different types of tools, different types of data. There are different angles on it. I'm, I'm still quite open as to how that develops, particularly on the 
if you like, the kind of structured work side, the technical side, there's lots of capability that I'm sure you know about better than me, but there is that there. But on, on the how we work and how we do business and how we engage side, um, I think we all know that we should be providing good experiences for all our stakeholders, but how we manage that, I think, is is still just being developed. And I, I don't like to... I, th I think my only challenge is how we do experience level agreements, and I still don't really know if we can do that in the same way that, that we've talked about SLAs in the past. Particularly when you get organizations going, well, we failed at SLAs for years, so now we're going to move to XLAs and it'll all be fine. Well, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I certainly in my my orbits where, where I tend to spend most of my time, I do see organizations, particularly MSPs, actually, are the leading organization mm -hmm. introducing real, real XLAs, really starting to apply these in a repeatable and reliable um, and understandable fashion. So I think that we're moving beyond that slight uncertainty. I think you also see when people talk about experience and uh, I guess experience management, you also see the natural thing that we we have now where everybody's jumping on the bus a little bit. Everybody's saying, oh, yeah, well, I can do a bit of that. So I'm going to talk about it and I'm going to talk about it. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a hot topic in the, the very wide IT industry. So anybody, any vendor that can make a connection to that topic is raising the flag saying, oh, yes, we've got a story to tell about that. We do. Yeah, we've been doing excellent. I mean, to some extent, the capture of data and how you manage it is, is not necessarily new. The, the way that you can do that and the extent to which you can do it and combine it, I think, is. And the focus and prioritization of it, visibility of it, that, that's all new. And remember, remember, listeners, of course, if you're looking at uh, experience, it's about capturing that data, not only from a survey or feedback or response from an individual, but also as they're doing things, as they're working on their devices, things are happening around them, capturing mm. those two streams or three streams or four streams. You can't really do, you know, you can't really understand experience without understanding all those dimensions. Now, obviously, I'm slightly waving my my next thing flag on that one and i try not to do that on this podcast but mm -hmm. um, experience is not it service management it's not enterprise service management but it directly influences enhances connects to those in my mind you've got actually you've got two overlapping circles do you mind if i go on a bit about this just for a sec two yeah, overlapping circles one of them is service management the other one is endpoint or device, usually endpoint management. So managing the technology that people use and managing the services we provide and helping them. And there's a third circle that overlaps those two now. It wasn't there two years ago so much. It's much clearer now, which is experience management that needs to connect to the devices so it knows literally what's happening, literally as it's happening, but also needs to connect in with the uh, support world, the service world, all of the a system of record and fulfilling requests and resolving incidents and creating and automatically resolving incidents as things are detected and corrected. So I think in my mind, there's where there were once two overlapping bubbles, there's now three overlapping bubbles. And then the other one is product management, I suppose, which yeah. could, be, could, could be the over, could be the yeah, whole bubble, I, is it? And, and, yeah. You know, because we seem to be edging ever closer to that being 
product management and service management being well, I feel like I've, much I've, the same thing you know yeah I've, I've banged on about that for quite a long time so maybe it's getting a bit boring but I still firmly believe if you want to be really good at, at uh, developing and enhancing and growing and maturing a, a service management operation you have to have a mindset of being a product manager and you have to mm -hmm. build your services as if they are products because they are that's exactly what they are so there's all these techniques that product managers use and product teams use for modern product management which are 100 applicable to an it function building a new internal website or delivering a new service out to the business or building something for you know any any function that you wouldn't traditionally think of as a product think of it as if it is build it like it's a product think about your roadmap think mm -hmm. about um the value think about the outcome uh, think about the journey that somebody uses with whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're building they're all products i i, I must admit I, the more that i engage and think and talk about it and, and and listen to people talking about it the, the more i think it it's just two different two different ends of the same the same thing really i i don't really see them. and in fact i struggled in some discussions over the last few years to really clearly articulate and understand the difference between them you know yeah yeah i think um, just traditionally there hasn't been some of the i'll say the disciplines or the the techniques that product management has developed they haven't existed in the service management world but as you say they're, they're, they're just the other end of the same piece of string they, yeah, they yeah. work in both completely and, and at, similarly in the product management world a lot of the operational support type stuff maybe hasn't been at the so that you know i don't think i don't think it's the big divide that we had with itsm and devops a few years ago oh. where we're all you know we're like different worlds different planets and so on mm -hmm. i think it's much more if we actually focus on these things being much more close together you've had a little rant there can i just have a little one of Go my on. my give, own give me your just, end of year rant barkley it's not really a rant actually it's it's just that all these things that you know, and and I said earlier on, I'm I'm busy and I'm busy well into next year, thankfully, with all sorts of stuff. But the thing that has hit me most, and I think in the last year or so, is the interest and you know the practical interest in doing a lot of some of the core stuff and doing it well. Yeah. Um, and in particular, there's all there's. I mean, I've always done work on catalog and portfolio that's always a bit people kind of look at it and go well we'll do that bit not but now they seem to be looking and how it works with configuration and so on um big one for me is this last year has been problem management that so many organizations have really been trying to find out how to do that better and again there's lots of different ways of describing that you know quality improvement you know issue resolution problem solve doesn't matter it's it's fixing things properly and dealing with technical debt and you know all you know getting to the root cause but also how you manage that and that then drives us on into knowledge yeah. and how we manage all you know so those things i have spent more time on the last year than probably anything else because there's an appetite for it people seem to want to do those things and do them well and from my point of view and, and probably others like me that you know there is something i i know about and i i, I can help with so I, I have been doing that and i'm probably never going to come up with the next chat G, gpt you know bleeding edge thing 
but actually being able to impart a lot of that kind of knowledge and guidance to me is very rewarding and I hope to continue it. But it, the, the good news, I think, is that many organizations are taking it seriously and actually really, you know, rather than saying, oh, well, we, what all we do is we're really efficient at fixing stuff. We're mm, actually going yeah. to try and get to do Beyond what that. needs Beyond. to be done, Yeah, make it work. That's a maturing generally of the, the industry, isn't it? Because I certainly, I know if you go back five, <coughs> 10 <coughs> or more years, it was it was what you said there really is like, okay well one day we'll get to problem management one yeah. day we'll get to knowledge management we know we want to we know that that's okay that's on our maturity model roadmap but right now we need to get better at putting the fires out faster and that's yeah. always where everybody starts and then i think what's happened is an understanding of if you're going to stop the fire starting tomorrow if you're going to stop tomorrow's incidents today you have to be looking at the cause of incidents, which is ultimately looking at problem management and also automation. So automations come in, so you don't have to spend so much time putting the fires out, so you can well, free up time. Well, just to sort of round the circle of our discussion, the, the two main things coming out of that are automation and the opportunities there and saying, well, actually, let's deal with that. And that does spread beyond IT, doesn't it? It does go into the enterprise a lot more when you're sort of automating approvals or automating request management or whatever it is that spreads out into the organization but the opportunity is there but the other one is people because majority of what i'm finding with what hasn't worked well with some of those practices in the past is that they haven't people haven't really thought enough about what kind of people what kind of skills and attributes and what kind of activities are needed to do those things well. Problem management is a great example of that because you actually do need somebody who's assiduous, um, yeah. resilient, you know, bounce back, won't take no for an answer kind of thing. And as I've found in many organizations, they, they still kind of have thought, well, that's a task we can give to these people there and they're, and they're, they're not able to do it. They're not willing to do it. They're not in a position whether whether that's from a personality or experience or maturity point of view, to be able to do it. And and by tackling those things, we end up actually being able to solve these these kind of issues. So people and and automation working together is is definitely the the focus. And you know, you go back to our conversation about chat GBT, the mm. brilliant stuff you can do, but it still needs a person for now anyway. For now. Yeah. yeah maybe, maybe in 150 years' time, the Enterprise Digital Podcast will still be going with some kind of entities that are like us or with our names, and maybe even well, better than us. Right, but they're not. We'll be we'll be Silicon Barclay. We'll have been corded speak into for Silicon, yourself. Live forever, chatting about nonsense for the rest of time. I wonder if that would be the that would be the real test because there's there's the whimsical part of. What, what we do we, you know we 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 have serious conversations but we also don't take them too seriously and you know I'm, I'm sure you can build whimsy into a bot in terms of programming it but it does just set give you that sense of the human i think as well yes. or or maybe i'm wrong i don't know so let's look ahead a little bit what are yeah. your thoughts for next year then as we continue our adventure 
Where's the podcast heading next year? Well, I mean, we extended, I mentioned before, we've had we've had quite a broad church of people on, you know, not just the ITSM folks that we might have known. I think we'll continue to extend out in different areas. I think we may, I think it'd be a good idea if we revisit some of our conversations with a few mm. of, the, of the people that were on. Um, you know, we've had some great conversations, so why could you know we why couldn't we go back to that? And we'll continue to also reach out to new people, um, particularly those on the, if you like, practitioner side. I mean, we do get a few people coming to us with different angles, and and it is a combination of things that we are looking for, I guess, in terms of experience and opinion and and so on. And I think we said before we'd happily talk to people for short amount of time if they didn't want to do a full full podcast <laughs> but i think um i think you had an idea about what you know in terms of getting input or questions from people well yes i think we've now got sufficient a, a body of of listeners hi to both of you no we three, have all three yes <laughs> that we can probably mature our own podcast to the point now where we should be taking questions from listeners so uh, I think what we'll look to do is, uh, if you have any questions for Barclay or myself, ideally around the topics that we talk about on this podcast, if it's not related to that, we'll have a go, but try and keep it broadly within the scope of this, this podcast, pop us over an email. Now we have an email address, which is Barclay, what's our email address? It is enterprise digital podcast at gmail.com. That's it enterprise digital podcast at gmail.com and we'd love to read out your questions and answer your questions or comments or jokes or whatever they may be so you can join in you can become part of the the part of the podcast conversation whether it's suggestions on topics we should cover whether it's specific questions about something that maybe Barkley mentioned a few weeks back and you'd like to just ask something about that maybe it's ideas or inspiration or thoughts we would welcome your ongoing input so every week pop over your thoughts enterprise digital podcast at gmail.com at this point um and i look forward to adding that into the regular routine that we do yeah we can do it as our regular letters from our listeners as they do on some of the the chat show programs uh, mrs trellis from wales being being one of them exactly. if you know if you know that one and you know we're we're both on linkedin and twitter still yeah still there you can use it. We're, we're certainly looking forward to more interesting conversations and more discussions about drinks and, and other types of whimsy as well. Indeed. Indeed. And you know what we haven't done either? We've had lots of guests on. We've asked lots of questions too. Uh, I haven't asked you lots of questions, Barclay. You haven't asked me. Maybe we should guest ourselves sometime. Well, I think we will do that, and we'll probably do that relatively soon. But we have to think about the the drinking part because obviously we're both completely temperance zealots, so um, drinking is is not something that we're used to. Anyway, um, for now, thank you very much for listening to us, and uh, we look forward to you listening to more and maybe participating with us in twenty twenty three. And um, I guess from now, it's uh, compliments of the season and happy new year and happy holidays and. Happy holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Hee, hee, hee. Yeah, indeed. Um, thank you very much. We'll see you all soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.